I'm going to read starting Luke chapter 1, verse, starting verse 26. It says, In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail thou that are highly favored, the Lord is with thee, blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shalt call his name Jesus. And he shall be great, and shall be the son of the highest, and the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month with her, who is called barren. For with God nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said, Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. The angel departed from her. And Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste, into a city of Judah, and entered into the house of Zacharias and saluted Elizabeth. And it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the babe leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. And she spake out with a loud voice and said, Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. And whence is this to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For lo, as soon as the voice of thy salutation sounded in mine ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. And blessed is she that believed, for there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. And I'm going to stop there and I'll pray before I continue. Lord, I just thank you for your word. Thank you that we can read these passages and learn of Christ and his birth and his purpose and his sacrifice, Lord. So Lord, we just ask that you would uh, just guide our hearts, guide our minds. Help me this morning as I'm speaking to be clear, to say things that are right and true, and that what I say this morning would be a, an encouragement or a help in some way, Lord. Let me just ask your blessing on our time. In Christ's name. Amen. I'm just going to comment on a couple of things here first, and then I'm going to move on to a different sort of focus on the, a different part of this after hearing. 
just want to look at just a couple of the verses here for a moment. It says, and it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary. Now, Elizabeth, if, if we read this part previous to where we started, we get the story of Zacharias, who was a priest, and his wife Elizabeth was barren, and he's an old man, she's an old woman, past childbearing years. And he was in doing his service before the Lord, and an angel came and told him that his wife was going to have a child. And he was, his mouth was shut, he, he was caused to be dumb, not stupid, unable to speak, until the child was born, because he questioned the angel. Um, anyway, so this is, this is that Elizabeth, that was a cousin of Mary, and so this is who Mary is going to, to spend the time, this time with after she finds out that she's going to have Jesus as her own child. So, um, again, verse 41 says, And it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the babe leaped in her womb. The um, passage just prior to where we started mentions that it was six months. So Elizabeth is six months pregnant, or approximately, at this point. And she has got a baby growing inside of her. And when Mary shows up, pregnant with Jesus, just pregnant with Jesus, the babe in Elizabeth's womb leaps for joy. The first person to recognize Christ an unborn child. <laughs> That's an important thing for us to realize. As Christians, we need to realize that an unborn child is a person. <laughs> an unborn child and this is the Turgeon family, um, Danae, <laughs> went to work for the purpose of promoting um, pro-life, trying to stop abortions, um, because of this very reason, is that that child that's developing inside of that mother, right from the beginning, is a person. We know, I remember when our kids were little, we did a little bit of this, maybe not as much as we should have, but you read books to an unborn child. <laughs> You play music to that unborn child, and it helps in their development. That unborn child responds to outside stimulus. They can become agitated, or they can become calm, based on what's going on around them. They're aware of their environment. Not just inside, but outside. We know that they'll pull away if they experience pain even. They're very aware of all the things that go on around them. They have all of the same senses that we have now. They are a person 
with a personality. <laughs> and this unborn child, which happened to be John the Baptist, by the way, in Elizabeth, it obviously can't see. <laughs> but through the Holy Spirit, God made that child be the one that recognized that the child inside of Mary was the Messiah. And that unborn child weeps for joy. I don't know what it was like for Elizabeth. Probably not the most comfortable thing to experience. <laughs> but that unborn child leaps for joy. They experience emotions of joy and sadness while inside of the womb. We need to be aware of that reality as Christians. We see also that in verse 44, Elizabeth speaks and she says, Lo, as soon as the voice of thy salutation sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. And blessed is she that believed, for there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. Sorry, and verse, I missed the verse that I was looking for. Verse 43 says, And whence is this to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Elizabeth was the second person to recognize Christ. <laughs> the mother understood when her child responded the way that it did. It said the Holy Ghost came on her, and she understood that that child was the Messiah. And there's no doubt that that's what she understood because she says that the mother of my capital L, Lord, <laughs> should come to me. She's not talking about some man. She's talking about the Lord. She recognized that that child is God in the flesh. Can you imagine, can you imagine looking at a pregnant woman today and thinking that that child inside of her was God Almighty? <laughs> the foolishness, right? If we, if we were to claim, and put aside where we're at in Christianity, <laughs> but if, if Christ hadn't come yet, and somebody made that claim at this point today in our society, you'd be laughed to scorn. But that is the proclamation that was being made at this point. back up just a little bit in verse 38. The angel is telling Mary what God intends to, to do. And her response is that, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. Mary submitted. Mary isn't like what the Catholic Church depicts her as. <laughs> She's not a flawless, sinless. She has no deity <laughs> in herself. She's just a girl. And we see, the scripture actually tells us 
what's going on inside of her mind, even as the angel Gabriel comes and gives this greeting of blessed art thou among women, and she questions in her mind what kind of greeting this is, because it's not normal, and this isn't how people treat her. <laughs> she is just a regular, normal person that God wanted to use in this way. Obviously, she has some special qualities. Obviously, she loves and serves the Lord. God didn't just pick a pagan, <laughs> sinful person, you know, that just completely denies God. No, he, he picked a person who, whose desire was to serve God, but she's still a sinful person. You know, we, we talked recently about the two people who have been taken out of this earth without dying. <laughs> Mary wasn't the third. <laughs> Mary still died because she died in her own sin, just like the rest of us do. But there's something special about Mary because this crazy message that she's being told, that you're going to be pregnant before you get married, before you have any physical relationship with a man, God's going to come on you and put a child inside you and you're going to bear a child. So, okay. <laughs> Can you imagine having that response of, all right, well, if you say so, here I am. That is her response. Be it unto me according to your word. I read, I have no idea who, who said it, a quote this week, and I, and I didn't actually write it down, I just kind of remembered it. And, but it was, it says, whatever God has called you to do, he's already factored in your stupidity. <laughs> he knows who we are. When God put me in this position, he knew the foolishness in my own heart. He knew the limits of my ability, but he didn't put a, a qualification standard there on it. He says, I called you to do this. Are you willing? And I'll, I'll give you the ability as you need it. And that's what God does. He knows our weaknesses. He knows who we are. And when God asks us to do something, it's not dependent on us being able to. It's dependent on him being able to and us being like Mary and being willing to let God use us. When Moses was called, notice, I was talking with a friend this week and she, she commented, Moses was 80 years old before God could actually use him. <laughs> It took him a long time to get ready and not to build up the ability, but to recognize his own weaknesses and be willing to let God use him despite those weaknesses. So when God called Moses, he says, I want you to go and deliver my people. It's like, I can't speak. <laughs> I, I, I'm not eloquent. I, I, and I don't know what Moses' actual problem with speaking was. I don't know if this was an excuse 
or if he actually had a speech impediment. I don't know if he had an inability to form words or just a fear of public speaking. I have no idea what the specifics of that was. But God didn't question that. God says, I know you can't, so I'm going to give you your brother to speak for you. I want you because you're the one that's willing to admit that I don't have the ability to do this. And that's the person that God wants. Is he doesn't want somebody who thinks that they have the ability. He, got, he wants somebody that knows that they can't do it on their own. Because if we can do this on our own, there's no need for God. We need, when God calls us, to not think that, hey, I can do that. We need to think that I can't do that without God. And God will then be able to use us for that thing that he's calling us to do. I'm looking at the time and realizing that at some churches, this is like the end of the sermon. <laughs> and I think I might end at that this morning. Um, and maybe I'll save something for this evening. We need to just remember... These circumstances are not, like, we kind of take this stuff and we just take it out of context. We don't think of these people as real people like us. We think in some way they're special and set apart. And this was a, somehow normal in their society or in their lives. And there was nothing normal about any of this to these people. When Zacharias is serving God in the temple, it wasn't normal for an angel to appear to him. In his old age, with his old wife, and be told that she's going to have a child. This isn't a normal occurrence in Israel at that time. God didn't do that on a regular basis. This wasn't something he's ever experienced before. It's just like if any one of us had an angel come and give us some kind of supernatural message that this supernatural thing was going to occur in our lives. It's just like that. And God used ordinary people for extraordinary purposes. Any one of us if we would let God, could be used in an extraordinary way for God, for his purpose. Any one of you young people, if God tarries long enough, could put you as the leader of our country. <laughs> right? There is no limit to what God can do if you submit to him with the attitude that Mary had, behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. When God comes to you and tells you, 
I want you to do this for me. Are you just going to say, I, I can't do that, there's no way. And you just ignore that calling that, that God puts in your life? Or are you going to say, God, it's not, I, I don't have that ability, but if you want me to do that, it's up to you to, to make that happen and to give me the abilities that I need when the time comes. And you know, he will. God will put the ability in you that he wants and needs you to have at the time that he needs you to have it. Just be willing to submit yourself to his will and be used the way he wants to use you. And that's for all of us. We need that willingness to let God use us. And God doesn't want somebody with their own ability. He wants somebody who's willing to humble themselves and let God work despite our inabilities. So let's pray. Oh Lord, we just try to understand, try to picture these people that you used, Lord. And realize that this was not ordinary circumstances in their lives any more than it would be for one of us. And that yet you did extraordinary things through these people and that you can also do extraordinary things through our lives as well, Lord. Help us to be willing to submit to you and to be willing to let you use us however you see fit, Lord God. We just commit this time and this thought to you, Lord, in Christ's name. Amen.